As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone. Rob, how's your foot doing? Everyone wants to know, uh, how are you feeling? That's right. Update time. Um, I'm good, man. Turns out it's just a sprain. So hobbling along. That's uh, good. Went to the spring game on Saturday in Charlottesville, which we'll touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a bit of an experience driving down there because you can't like drive in the boot. You got to take the boot off to drive. Uh-huh. So it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but we made it work. So I'm, I'm doing better. I'm like better than I was like thinking I might be. So all good. All right. Perfect. All right, and today, as Rob said, we're going to talk about the spring game. Uh, he's got some notes. I wasn't able to go. I had to take care of my kittens. They, um, My fiance CJ, was out of town, so kittens needed taken care of, so I had to do that. But Rob's got all the notes, and we're also going to touch on new basketball commit Igor Milicic, and we'll get to all of that later. But first, we want to talk about our sponsors from Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to the Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign up bonuses, and content information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. We are also sponsored by TakeLine. Sports, culture, takes. TakeLine has it all. TakeLine is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the game's players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Fall now to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. All right, Rob. So first off, it was gorgeous day in Charlottesville. It looked like from the pictures you had uh, perfect for 
first spring game in two years, I would say. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, weather was great. Got, like, way more sun than I'm used to. Uh-huh. Had a nice time at the wineries afterwards. Nice. So, it was, yeah, it was a perfect day. Hopefully, everyone else who was down there uh, enjoyed it as well. Because, I mean, they sold out the allotment. It wasn't, like, a packed house, but I was really happy to see that they sold out every ticket they were offering, do, at least. Do you know how many people were there? I don't. Maybe, like, a couple thousand. Um, so not, like, like, a huge number. So, like, normal amounts of people for the virginia yeah, spring game it probably wasn't that much different you're honestly right <laughs> yeah. all right <laughs> now they can just say sold out on twitter <laughs> right right yeah okay that's fun so uh rob how do you want to do this do you want to go through different position groups or do you want to just talk about different players or things you noticed yeah no i think the way that makes the most sense is probably just tick through the position groups because um you know, you watch the spring game and these guys don't have numbers. So like some players, you're able to obviously tell who they are. Some of them aren't always able to tell who they are. So it makes it a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also kind of have the benefit now of, you know, I've like jotted. But we know now what Broncos said afterwards about who was participating, who wasn't participating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's good with you. I was thinking let's just tick through the units and um, spend a minute or two on each, and we'll give the takeaways that um, hopefully all the UVA fans should honestly mostly be excited about coming out of this spring game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's. I, I would say I think we should start with the easy one, which is quarterback. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, watching the practice, Brennan Armstrong got a lot better as the day went on. Brennan Armstrong struggled a little bit in seven-on-sevens um, through an interception, but as the day went on and when they got into full scrimmage, um, he looked good. And he was really the only quarterback that got reps. The other two were there in the orange jerseys, Ira Armstead, the redshirt freshman, and Jacob Rodriguez. We learned that Rodriguez was battling a hamstring injury, so he basically didn't practice. And I can't remember what injury Ira Armstead had. I knew he had a knee injury last season. I don't know if it's still the same one, but he really didn't play that much either. So Brennan Armstrong saw most of the reps, and honestly, he looked good. You know, he was throwing, you know, some lasers just over the middle. He had some nice touch on some deeper balls. Um, I mean, it looks like he's ready to make that jump from his first year as a starter to a second. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, and especially after his first year was marred by so many injuries and COVID protocol you know he wasn't really able to get get with it with his wide receivers as much we saw some misses especially earlier in the season and after he came back from injury but definitely some promising things so it's good to hear that he seems like he's on top of it again this year yeah no I mean I don't know if we can have like a breakout player be Brendan Armstrong but I think Brandon Armstrong is going to make a leap um, from what we saw last year to this year. And honestly, every quarterback we've seen under Bronco and Jason Backen and I has done so. Look at uh, Kurt Banger from year one to year two, Bryce Perkins from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing the signs now of a leap that's going to come for Brandon Armstrong from year one to year two. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited too. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do, Gunslinger. Uh, Let's move on. Do you want to do wide receiver next? Who, who is yes. Armstrong throwing to? A lot of people. A <laughs> lot of people. And it was really cool to see, actually, because I think the worry was, oh, no, we lost LaBelle Davis. What is that going to mean for the receiving core? And, you know, like, LaBelle Davis definitely would have helped, but 
there's no shortage of options at least now we'll see who really steps up but there's plenty of options at his disposal i mean the easy one from saturday was dontavian wicks dontavian wicks was awesome he -hmm. was winning jump balls um he got behind the defense several times on deep throws one of them brennan armstrong hit him for which was nice um and he put a double move on a corner in the end zone. I forget who the corner was, but I saw the double move and live because these guys don't have numbers live. I thought it was Danique Starling because it was just like so smooth. It looked like a slot receiver running it. Mm-hmm. And then I see the pictures afterwards. I was like, that's like big Dontavian Wicks put that move on. Um, so he looked really good. Uh, and, you know, Billy Kemp was out there catching passes in seven on sevens, even though he didn't work in the full team drills. Uh, Keaton Thompson played the entire time at wide receiver. Um, still like in a slash role a little bit, they'd put him in the backfield, but it looks like Keaton Thompson is a receiver. And I mean, heck he got deep one time and he looked really good out there. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think Nathaniel Beal played a lot. Denique Starling played a lot. Um, they have some options at receiver. I think more so I'm always a little cautious with this group. Cause it seems like every year we turn over so many people, yeah. but there's a lot of options here. And, you know, if Dontavian Wicks can play in the regular season the way he did played on Saturday, this group is going to be fine. I mean, Dontavian Wicks looked awesome. Exactly. And we still, of course, have um, several guys coming back. One guy who we don't have coming back is Tony Poljan, who was recently picked up as an undrafted free agent uh, over the weekend. I've, wait, who do you get picked up by? I'm blanking uh, on it. It was the Ravens. Okay. Was it the Ravens? But in, yeah. any, in any case, is there a did it did any tight ends do anything? I know the tight ends haven't been featured a lot in the UVA offense over the past couple of years, but were there any tight ends that were featured on Saturday? Yeah, I mean it's the Jelani Woods show, and mm-hmm. Jelani Woods he played a lot in the seven on sevens, not as much in the full team scrimmage. He was another guy they were holding out, and speaking of holding out, we don't really know why, but um. Rashawn Henry at receiver also didn't practice. He's also going to be catching a lot of balls this year. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, back to tight end, Jelani Woods looked good. And, you know, I forget who said it. There's, you know, a couple other UVA podcasts out there. It was Cavs corner, the Sabre, but you know, they said like, Hey, listen, like Jelani Woods is like basically the same size as Tony Poljan. But Mm -hmm. when Tony Poljan runs, like he's kind of rumbling along. Um, He looks like your old school tight end, you know, like out of the eighties, nineties, um Jelani Woods looks smooth he's a big guy and he runs like almost like a wide receiver and he caught one touchdown um in seven on seven work he caught um several other passes I mean he's big and he can move and Bronco praised him as like the biggest and best surprise out of spring practice and he looked every part of that um on Saturday nice wonderful and I think let's move on to the running backs. Who is Armstrong going to hand it off to besides himself uh, every other time? You know, that the quarterbacks <laughs> in the past couple of years seem to be really uh, run run focused. That They seem to be the main focus of the offense. Uh, but what are the running backs going to do this year? We, we've I think most of them are coming back. Most of them we know already. Uh, any anyone that stood out to you? Did it, did you notice anyone who got there? Uh, um the like who got more reps than someone else i know it's hard to tell with once again no numbers or anything but uh anything you notice yeah well i mean you know the thing that stood out at first was we saw very little of wayne talapapa on saturday and 
we learned in the post post game press conference that was because he was intentionally held out of practice Mm -hmm. um so at first like during the practice i was like wow like where's wayne like look at all these other running backs so I think Wayne will factor into the equation, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the backs we saw Saturday, Mike Collins, um, Ronnie Walker, and the freshman Ahmad Faustin, and all of them did things very well. And, you know, I'm really hoping Bronco kind of goes against his gut instinct and uses a committee approach to this backfield because all of them have strengths. I mean, Ahmad Faustin is the best receiver of that group. Faustin caught a nice little touchdown pass out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ronnie Walker had several long runs. I mean, I'm talking like 30, 40 yard runs that he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Collins was used a bit more towards the goal line. I know he scored one touchdown in the scrimmage portion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this group and, you know, I think there's more big playability here, um, than there has been in year past. If again, if they're willing to go to the by committee approach and we saw the offense move very effectively with. Hollins and Walker and Faustin with Wayne Talapapo on the sideline. So not to say Wayne, not to say, uh, I can't talk, not to say Wayne doesn't have a role, uh-huh. but um, I think there's a very high offensive ceiling with the running backs we saw in practice Saturday. Did Brennan or Thompson run the ball very much? So Brennan did not. So he was quarterback in the right. orange jersey, non-contact. So he never ran. Um, Thompson did a little bit. He did a little, uh, a couple of just handoffs or sweeps out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And actually the best play that Thompson had, uh, maybe best play of the whole day. And to be honest, I'm shocked Robert and I caught it in the spring game, but it was a double pass. So, uh, Brennan Armstrong and Keaton Thompson were both in the backfield. Brennan Armstrong splits out wide. Keaton Thompson takes the snap. Uh, runs to the side where Armstrong is, pitches it to him, and Armstrong looks like he's going to throw deep, and then he throws it back across his body to Keaton Thompson. And Keaton Thompson ran after the catch for like 50, 60 yards. It was a cool-looking trick play. Um, so, I mean, Thompson Thompson has a role. He looks like a real wide receiver out there. I mean, he looks more like a wide receiver that can play the slash role than like a slash guy who's technically a wide receiver. Like, I'm excited for Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like Thompson, once again last year, he he hurt his shoulder, so he didn't play. I, I, he wasn't really a quarterback last year, and I feel like that opened him up to a lot of other stuff. He's kind of like a hybrid wide receiver, running back, slot, tight end kind of guy. And I really, I'm looking forward to see how the staff uses him this season. And honestly, I think that he's going to be one of the most important parts of the offense. I know he was even last season even though he, you know, he didn't really come on until maybe about halfway through, but I'm excited to see him and what he can do this season when he's more healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to have a lot of fun with him and, you know, I would expect, you know, whether it's a trick play or something else, like he's going to have like an opportunity to throw in almost every game. Um, But I mean, at the same time, he's, he looks like he's a wide receiver now. Like he was Mm -hmm. practicing in the blue Jersey, not in the orange, like, never took any reps at quarterback mm-hmm. um the only wide receiver that threw a pass was actually Dontavian Wicks they ran another trick play where Dontavian Wicks threw a pass um was not completed but yeah I mean I think Keaton Thompson's definitely a really exciting X factor for this team this year yeah I I'm looking forward to that as well let's talk about the offensive line now I know you said you didn't have a lot of notes on the offensive line, but anything you noticed, <laughs> uh, did did was the defense able to get pressure at all? 
on Brennan or any of the running backs in the backfield? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's hard to really observe the lines too much when they're not wearing numbers and mm-hmm. practice. Um, but, I mean, the offensive line looked good. And, you know, there were some guys out on Saturday. Um, you know, I know Chris Glazer isn't practicing this spring. I don't think Olu was playing Saturday. It didn't look like he was, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they look good. They're, Brendan Armstrong was never really under pressure, like he said. Um, and they were opening up holes for the running backs. I mean, like I said, I think it was Ronnie Walker. But he had a couple, like, nice, longer runs. And there was also some where it was just, like, in between the tackles, you know, we've seen it some before with Wayne and Jordan Ellis too, where he'll get kind of stood up after five yards, but then the mm-hmm. offensive line will push him another five yards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, tough to really say like individual standouts just because it was definitely mixed up, like who was playing and it was hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a unit, they look good. Um, and I mean, speaking of offensive line, like we have five-star uh, recruit, Zach Rice, who was visiting among several mm. other um, really exciting prospects that were visiting on Saturday. So hopefully it was a performance they could be excited about. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I know it's always like, you know, whenever we do our, you know, team preview right before the season starts, the past three years has been like, yeah, the offensive line, you know, they're, they're, they say, they seem like they're going to be pretty cool, but I don't know what's going to happen because <laughs> cause a lot of times we like, we'll say something and then, everything kind of gets blown to hell and we, we don't really know who like the, a lot of guys switch around, they switch positions and, you know, so offensive line, but I mean, last year it, they did pretty good and they're very experienced group returning. Uh, I think we only lost one guy to graduation. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, we lost Dylan Rakensmeyer, but you know, unfortunately for him, he tore his ACL yeah. towards the end of the season. So his replacement, Joe Bissinger, started several games already. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like you said, it's an experienced group. And I think last year they were serviceable. Mm-hmm. I think the question this year is, like, can they make the leap to be, like, good? Yeah. You know, like, can this be, like, an above-average offensive line? Um, it's got the potential to be. So, you know, I I hope they're able to pull it all together. And whether it's the offensive line or, you know, having – um, talented running backs like you know Mike Collins, Ronnie Walker. They're showing more of a commitment to running the ball, mm-hmm. you know, even outside the tackles, and they look pretty good doing it. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, the hope is this is like an actual good offensive line this year. Yeah, yeah, I I'm excited to see them. You know, I mean, running has been like a huge part of this this offense for the past couple of years, and you need a pretty good offensive line to do that. Hopefully, they can get some push up front and. You know who they're who they were fighting the defensive line. You want to move to the other side of the ball and talk about some of the stuff you saw on defense. Yeah, let's do it. And before we even dive into position units, um, I think we should just start off by saying it looks like the base defense is going to be a three-three-five. And Bronco Mendenhall has experience coaching the three-three-five before when he was at BYU, um, where he also coached the three-four, like he has mm-hmm. the past five years at UVA, but. It looks pretty clear that kind of the rumors were true that this base defense is going to be a three-three-five. So, yeah. go ahead. So I was going to ask, what are some benefits of that? Like, why why switch now after playing the three-four for you know however many years? It's five years since he's been here. Yeah, you know, honestly, it's something I want to do a little bit more research around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I think the high level overview is that the three, three, five, by kind of permanently having those five defensive backs on the field, um, you know, you have more speed out there and the three, three, five is more of a defense of like kind of keep everything in front of you. Like you, when you see the way a three, three, five lines up, the DBs are almost all in a straight line across the field mm-hmm. instead of like safeties deeper, um, and what have you. I think the other thing that's interesting is three, three, five defenses are normally schemed around like a standout inside linebacker, or a mm-hmm. standout safety. And the way this one looks like it's going to be constructed is it's really going to be schemed around Joey Blunt, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll have two cornerbacks and then they'll have two deeper safeties, but then in between the two deep safeties, kind of almost like a linebacker role, Joey Blunt is in the middle mm-hmm. and Joey Blunt is kind of like patrolling the field, like center fielder. Um, I mean, I really think this defense is largely going to be schemed around Joey Blunt and his abilities to hopefully stay healthy, but also just his strength has always been closer to the box and, you know, just flying around, whether it's in short passes or against the run. So I think they're really going to use him and move him in a lot of different places as part of this new base defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's really interesting because, you know, I mean, as good as Joey Blunt's been for us, he's not, you know, the kind of safety you see as like a standout safety. Like maybe, you know, the one I, th- I think of recently is Juan Thornhill or Bryce Hall or even a linebacker like, um, like uh, I don't know, someone that we've had in the past that's good. But I, I, I think, do you think it's interesting that they're moving into it this year and not in a past year where maybe we've had more talent on the edge or um, what do you think prompted the switch? Yeah, you know, that's something I wish Bronco and the coaches would talk about. And I don't think it's been asked them asked to them directly by any of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think it's something that they're trying to keep secretive. I think that might be part of the reason that our spring game wasn't televised because in past years it has been televised. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason maybe it wasn't is because, you know, they want to keep it on the DL or at least, you know, not show like, even if it's just a couple looks in the spring game, they don't want opponents seeing what this new base defense looks like. Yeah. So I'd love if for Bronco or Nick Howell or someone to kind of talk about this. But I mean, the defense they ran was a three three five, and then they had the same kind of two four five nickel looks that we've seen in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my guess is that they feel like they have Noah Taylor, who's kind of can do so many different things well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a versatile player. They can move him back there. They don't really have like a true replacement for Charles Snowden either. You know, they have Elliot Brown, who's kind of in a similar mold, but, you know, he's been around for several years and hasn't really, um, you know, been on the field that much. And when he has, there's admittedly been some mistakes on his end as well. Um, so like you have a guy like Hunter Stewart on the outside now, maybe he's, he's played both inside and outside linebacker. So maybe he fits better in the kind of the, uh, hybrid role he'd be playing in a three-three-five. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say, and you know I'd love to get more of Broncos insight there as well because I also don't know who the third safety is going to be. Like Devontae right. Cross will be a deep safety, Joey Blunt will be the safety kind of in the middle of the field, closer to the line of scrimmage. But I wasn't able to tell who the third safety was out there on Saturday, mm-hmm. and you know they have a lot of depth at corner now, so that'll play itself out. Um, but I mean, I feel like as a whole, you know, we saw how Bronco 
and company, you know, rework the defensive coaching responsibilities, making Nick Howell just permanent coordinator, not giving him any position unit responsibilities. Um, now we have a separate coach and Shane Hunter for the safeties than we do for the corners and Ricky Brumfield. So there's a lot of changes and maybe these changes were implemented specifically with putting the three, three, five in mm-hmm. it's really tough to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is something that we probably won't hear from Bronco again until later on in the summer. So, I mean, I would love to hear what he has to say about this. Cause I think it really is an interesting switch. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting and hopefully we get more in- info later in the season maybe later in the season maybe not and you know maybe it'll come out in an interview or a podcast or something later on but i'd be interested to know why and i think you know a lot of people need to get used to it because we've seen the three four for so long and i i think it's just gonna be kind of weird for everyone to get used to but i'm i'm excited and you know he knows better than i do what defense to run so all props to him uh, do you want to go into the position groups on defense? Yeah, let's do it. And um, we can start with the, def- uh, the defensive line. And yeah. Kind of like, kind of similar to the offensive line. Um, it was tough to really take too much away. You don't really see who's rotating in uh, as much because there's not numbers. It's just harder to track. Um, the one thing I will say with the defensive line is after practice ended, all the position groups huddled up and. Uh, Clint Centum, the defensive line coach, awarded Mandy Alonso like some wrestling belt or something like that. Mm-hmm. No other position group had anything like that going on. Um, so I don't know what the award was for. Maybe uh-huh. like best spring practice. I, I don't know. But Mandy Alonso got some award out of the position group afterwards. Well, so he read into that what you will. I don't know, but I thought it was interesting. Well, he set out last year, right? So Mandy Alonzo did not. Um, oh. Aaron Famui did. Though. That's right. Famui was practicing, which was nice to see. Okay. So we had Famui, Alonzo, Smiley. Uh, did you notice anyone else do anything? Anyone else that might be in the mix? Yeah. So, I mean, Smiley, like you said, will be in the rotation there. I think Alonzo and Famui are probably the two favorites to start at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, at defensive tackle, you know, it's the Jameer Carter show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameer Carter, he, you know, one of the true freshmen last year that played um, really after uh, Briggs transferred away. Mm-hmm. So I would say those three, Alonzo, um, Famui, and uh Carter are likely your starting three, but I mean, you've got great depth. Like you said, Ben Smiley, you've got, um, Adib Atawaya, the JMU transfer returning for his extra year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still have guys, Samson Reed, who's barely, you know, he hasn't seen the field hardly any since he's been at UVA, but he actually made a really nice play on a screen pass. Um, you still got Jordan Redman, you know, there's a lot of people in the mix there and I think we should feel good about our defensive line depth. All right. And I think, the main part and really the position that's been really good the past couple of years, especially with Snowden, although he he's in the NFL now, uh, is the linebackers. And they, of course, were the main focus of the 3-4. And with the 3-3-5, three, three, how, does, how, does, how does the linebacker group affected by that? Yeah, so I mean, first change is there's three linebackers on the field instead mm-hmm. of four. Um so it looks like Noah Taylor has one of the starting spots locked down. Nick Jackson has the inside starting spot locked down. And then the real position battle is that third um, 
outside linebacker spot. It looks like right now it's mostly between Hunter Stewart and Elliot Brown. So they're kind of battling it out there. Now, I think another point to bring up with the switch to the 3-3-5, which I think might be part of the reason they did it as well, is this defense really struggled with their linebackers dropping into coverage last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 3-3-5, it changes the angles a bit. They're a little bit farther off the line of scrimmage than they are in the 3-4. So maybe that'll help in pass coverage as well. Um, although, you know, maybe it leaves us more susceptible to the opponent's running games. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, you can see those four guys were taking the majority of the first team reps. The second team was a little tougher to see. You know, James Jackson, uh, the Roanoke guy, so I love that. He got a lot of reps on the second team. Um, Deshaun Perry was on the second team. So it's, you know, the roles are, like, largely the same as the 3-4. Like, it's the same general type of um, person you're recruiting. You know, maybe the outside linebackers are a little lighter since they don't have to play as close to the line of scrimmage all the time. But mm-hmm. we already had, like, these hybrid outside linebacker guys and Noah Taylor and Charles Snowden. So it's it's not the biggest change. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a it's an area I'm really intrigued to watch because I think they're gonna have the biggest changes um to, you know, their roles and responsibilities in the steam switch we're most likely gonna see this year. Yeah. So with the linebacker group we've got Noah Taylor who a lot of people thought was going to have a breakout year last year. He played really well, but I don't think he lived quite up to the some of the high expectations that a lot of people threw out there for him. Uh, besides him, and who else is going to be in that middle section of the defense? Yeah, I mean, Nick Jackson's going to be a stud. I mean, oh, Nick Jackson, course, yeah. yeah, Nick Jackson's awesome. Um, you know, he's kind of like, you know, I mean, I think he plays the run similar to how um, Micah Kaiser did. You know, I think mm-hmm. he has similar skill set to Zane Zandier, honestly. But I, I think Dix Jackson is, you know, maybe a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really excited about him. Like you said, Noah Taylor, you know, he played hurt last year. It also seemed like they got almost too creative with Noah Taylor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the one of the first plays a game against first plays of the game against Miami last year, like Noah Taylor gets beat while he was at safety. Like why was Noah Taylor playing safety? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they almost got too creative with him. So hopefully they're able to use his skills. Um, honestly, like more on the box, you know, his versatility is great and it definitely has helped us out. I mean, think back to the Virginia tech game in 2019, mm-hmm. but his strength is kind of an in the box defender. So I hope they keep him there. Yeah, so him and Nick Jackson, any anyone else on the on the linebacking group that we should look forward to this season? Yeah, I mean, the guy that's worth keeping an eye on for sure is Hunter Stewart because Hunter Stewart, him and Elliot Brown, who's a super senior, mm-hmm. are battling for that third linebacker spot, at outside linebacker. And, you know, I think it would really do the program a lot of good if Hunter Stewart was able to seize that role. And Bronco credited him as having a great spring practice. Um, Jeff White wrote a whole article about him. You know, like if Jeff White, like the voice of athletics, um, you know, he's not writing articles about guys who aren't making headlines. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good sign on the way he's performed as well. So I would say those two are the ones to watch. But there's so much young talent at linebacker. You know, James Jackson is flying around having a great spring. Um, you know, you've got a Deshaun Perry, you've got a Jonathan Horton, a Brandon Williams. There's a lot of like 
I mean, our best recruits the past few years have generally been outside linebackers. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of names to keep your eye on, um, especially now with, uh, you know, Noah Taylor is a senior. If Elliot Brown wins the starting job, he's a senior. So um, we'll see how it all plays out. But a lot of names to monitor because there's some really good players in that unit. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to them. They, they've been the best position group the past couple of years, but I'm excited to see what they can do more this year now that I think one of the leaders and a fan favorite, Charles Snowden, is now with the Bears. Uh, let's move on to last, well, not last, but next position group is the secondary cornerback safeties. And now there's going to be five of them on the field at a time. How does this change? And Rob, you've already talked about it a little bit. Like, you don't know who that third safety is going to be. Uh, so besides the two, Joey Blunt and... Um, uh, and who are the other players going to be in that secondary? Yeah, so, I mean, Joey Blunt's going to be the center fielder type guy at safety. Um, Devontae Cross is going to be one of the deep safeties. I'm wondering if Antonio Clary can seize one of those safety spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Cohen King is another guy, but he played mostly with the second deep team defense, although he made a lot of plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's an area to watch. It's also It'll also be interesting to see... Um, you know, if any of the cornerbacks slide back to safety, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Elijah Gaines was practicing that corner. He was hurt for part of this spring. Like, do they consider moving him back to safety? Uh, Donovan Johnson, who was also hurt this spring, he'll factor into the equation, I think, once fall comes around. Um, but at corner, you know, like we talked about in our last episode, it's all seniors, but they have a lot of people there at corner um, that can play. You know, uh, Anthony Johnson, the Louisville transfer, he mm-hmm. looked good. Um, Darius Braden overall looked good in practice. Those were our starting two corners. Um, but, I mean, you also think we still have Nick Grant on the roster. He sat out Saturday in a walking boot. Um, Josh Hayes is the new addition out of North Dakota State. He'll arrive this summer. Um, kind of in a similar position that D'Angelo Amos was, you know, at the FCS level but was getting draft buzz. Mm-hmm. And Amos, you know, not the most spectacular season for us last year, but – he did sign an NFL um, contract as an undrafted free agent this weekend. Yeah, with, so, with Detroit. Yep. So, yeah, he was our third guy that signed a undrafted free agent contract. So, yeah, I mean, there should be depth at corner. And like we said, this is kind of a bridge year at corner. Like, all these transfers, all these guys are seniors or super seniors. Um, but they should have enough bodies there. Um, and hopefully guys that have contributed – at some level throughout their careers. And I think there's reason to be optimistic about um, both Anthony Johnson and Darius Bratton. Both of them look good on Saturday. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of know what we're getting in Nick Grant at this point. Um, and Josh Hayes is a smaller guy, but a physical guy, maybe not the best like true cover corner, but for a guy, his size, he'll knock you. So yeah. he's an intriguing player to watch this fall as well. Yeah. So uh, thanks for, thanks Rob for sharing your, expertise on what you saw last position group my favorite by far special teams special teams yeah special teams well i we recently just got a new punter um from florida he is a uh he is a graduate transfer his name is jacob finn um and i i don't know i haven't i this is just recently this this happened today today is monday uh or maybe it happened yesterday. It happened recently. I think and, it was today. Today yeah. being Monday. Yeah, and so 
He uh, led a punting unit that ranked third in the FBS last season in uh, net average. So, uh, Rob, what are we what are we expecting from special teams this year? Yeah, you know, if there was um, one one area that wasn't as exciting during spring practice, it was actually the punting game. Uh, you know, we've had some great punters, Lester Coleman, Nick Conti, um, the past couple of years. Um, the punting game did not look nearly as good on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I think it was definitely a position of need. Uh, by my count, takes our last available scholarship for this season. So um, a, I think a good addition. I think this is – he definitely addresses a position of need. Yeah. need. So I think it's a good addition. Um, kickers, it's still a two-way battle between Hunter Pearson and Justin Dunkel. Um, I know Pearson missed at least one kick in practice. Um, Bronco had said a couple weeks ago Pearson was slightly ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine Dunkel will still handle the kickoff duties like he did last year. But definitely a position battle to watch because I'm sure Hunter Pearson would love to get on the field because um, he's, uh, of the two, Pearson is on scholarship and uh-huh. Dunkel, at least to my knowledge, is not. So okay. interesting battle taking place there. A returner, you know, you don't see too much. It looked like Anthony Johnson was catching some punt return balls. Uh, so was Billy Kemp. Uh, Danique Starling was back there as well. I think Starling and um starling got receiver and also returner i think is a sleeper name to watch this year i would say nathaniel beal even though he wasn't returning kicks another sleeper to watch at wide receiver okay. um but yeah no i mean i think the kicker battle should be in good shape i think both of them are serviceable guys guys that hopefully should be able to slide into delaney's old spot um and i think the addition of jacob Fenn is great for the punting unit he'll come in and he'll make that unit um hopefully just as strong as it was these past few years with uh, Lester Coleman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously have to wait till the fall when we get, you know, 100% live speed going on. But uh, I think this should be a decent enough special teams unit. Yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, special teams is always my favorite. And I usually, I mean, past couple of years, they've been pretty, pretty good in terms of, you know, kicking and punting. So, but with a new kicker and a new punter this year, It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see you know what happens, and I'm super excited. Rob, anything else you want to add about the football spring game? Anything else? No, I mean I think that covers it. It was a fun fun day at Scott Stadium. Um, lots going on. You know the way it was structured is the first like 45 minutes were just positional drills, and then a little bit of seven on seven work, and then finally they finished with some full team work. So. It was fun to see. Um, definitely great. I mean, this was my first live sporting event since COVID, so mm-hmm. it was just great to be back out there. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I haven't been to one yet. I know Nat's tickets are hard to come by right now, but may, might try and do that at some point. But yeah, otherwise, really excited that sports are coming back. Looks like a lot of teams are going to be playing it, with, with fans in the crowd. You know, the Kentucky Derby was super crowded. I don't know if you've seen pictures, Rob of the derby on saturday there was just no distancing at all it's like they didn't even it was like a normal year <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw the pictures of aaron Rodgers and tom brady at least so mm-hmm. <laughs> i saw that much but yeah no, that's i mean that's great honestly i mean i hope we're able to get back to that level um hopefully at least 
and the fall. Yeah, I do too. I'm excited. Uh, before we go any further and talk about our new basketball commit, Igor Milicic, I do want to talk about our sponsors from uh, Locker Room. Locker Room has live audio-only sports and it talk. It is free to download and free to use. You can talk to Rob and I, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. So I want you to uh, go ahead and download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. You create a profile, link your Twitter, and join join up, and you can follow different groups that you like. Rob and I will definitely be going live at some point, uh, probably in the spring. Maybe we'll see how basketball or sorry baseball and lacrosse are doing and soccer as well so we'll be doing that but make sure to download the locker room app for free on the ios app store we're also sponsored by kansas city steaks you work hard and play hard so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with kansas city steak company visit kansascitysteaks.com and get 10 percent off your order with free shipping with code sd at checkout that's s and d from classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter, tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all-beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Once again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your free order, or sorry, your order with free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's the letter S and then the letter D. Dang, I want uh, a steak now. I think, Rob, I'm going to ask if I can get a a sample uh, for the pod and uh, cook it so that we can see if the products we talk about are actually this good. I know. I mean, we've struggled with some samples or getting some free samples in the past. Uh, but hey, man, I mean, you got the grill out back. I mean, it can yeah. be a good old time, I think. Yeah. So with, with the samples, I was supposed to get a Manscaped sample, but it, it was never delivered to me. And then the the other sample I was supposed to get was Blue Chew, but I declined to get that. I didn't think <laughs> I needed it, um, but I think I think the stories that would have come from it would have been great not for to share. Yeah, I th- <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but they would have been, <laughs> it would, <laughs> I don't know. In any case, <laughs> I do need some Kansas City steaks uh for sure. That's that's on my to-do list now. In any case, we have a new uh basketball recruit, Igor Milicic. He's going to be joining us this upcoming year. So, uh super exciting. He is uh, as ESPN says, one of the top international prospects, and it is pronounced. Well, his first name is Igor, and his last name is spelled M I L I C I C. Now, I've heard it a couple different ways. I've heard Mil- Milicic or Milicic. Uh, he is from Poland, so he, you know, it, it's difficult to say. But Rob, anything you know or heard about about this new player? Yeah, I mean. First, it reminds me of um, when Kihei Clark committed, and we couldn't mm-hmm. figure out how to say Kihei. So right. We had a couple episodes where it was uh, just Mr. Clark. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we learned how to but, say his name. 
yeah, no, we <laughs> we figured that out thanks to some help. Um, but yeah, no, so it's an interesting player. Um, you know, it kind of surfaced what probably like a week or two ago. Um, is when I first started hearing his name floating around with UVA because I think it was the UVA Instagram or Twitter account. One of them followed him. So mm-hmm. then everyone kind of like raised their alert level. Like, who is this guy? Are we recruiting him? Um, turns out we were and that he committed. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, European player, um, second international guy in this class, although the other um, is a New Zealander. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting dynamic there with the international guys in this class. Um, but I know like we've both read a lot about him. I know you've probably watched a bit more of him than I have. Mm-hmm. Like what's your takeaway? Is he a three? Is he a four? Are there any good player comparisons that we can make here? So Milicic is six uh, nine. He's 18 years old. So he's pretty young. He's still probably growing and fitting into his body. So at this point, it's probably difficult to see what his true position is going to be. My guess is he's going to be more of a four, kind of like um, like a Trey Murphy kind of four. I know Trey Murphy played a lot of three this season, but if Trey Murphy moved up to the four, that would be more of what Milicic, I think, is going to be for us. Uh, he was he was playing uh, amateur uh, in Germany this, ye- this year. He was averaging 13.3 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.5 assists um in about 24 or so minutes uh he can also shoot the three a little bit he made 36 three-pointers in 21 games he also saw time in the first division league so like the the main league but i don't think he played a lot of minutes there he's he's so young and that's a competitive league fun fact he actually plays with uh he was on the same team as isaiah wilkins and so there's a great podcast on uh locker room with with phony bennett and Isaiah Wilkins, and they're talking about Milicic and what he can bring, what he can do. And from from what Isaiah says, he's a really hard worker. He's a really good guy, and it still sounds like he's developing a little bit. So I'm not sure how much he's going to play this ne- upcoming year. We both know Tony Bennett loves the the red shirt, and so whether he gets a red shirt or not is you know going to be up for debate. But at this point. You know, our front court is pretty decimated with people leaving. You know, we have Jay Huff and Sam Hauser out. We have Caden Shedrick, who uh, showed some promise this season, but is largely untested. We also have Francisco Cafaro, who saw limited minutes this season due to, you know, just playing a really kind of skinny lineup. And uh, Trey Murphy, the other front court half front court guy we have is uh maybe gonna go to the nba draft he's still testing the waters right now so we don't quite know but i feel like milicic to answer your question rob is probably gonna be more of a four player for us a stretch four like a like a trey murphy with less length i would say yeah yeah i mean there's been a number of um comparisons floating around you know from the height perspective and maybe from the position perspective i think Mm -hmm. trey murphy is um you know a good comp i'd say like he definitely doesn't have trey murphy's shot at least not yet yet. um you know i think he's like shoots around 30 percent from three when murphy is over 40 percent um other comparisons i saw floating around were 
you know, a Braxton Key, at least with how he fits positionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Evan Nolte, um, same idea, kind of that 3-4 flex type position. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, there's been some comparisons floating around. You know, I think, like you said, like big men have – I mean, I can't think of one big man who's come in as a freshman and really didn't impact at UVA. You yeah. know, if we're able to redshirt him next year, great. If not, you know, maybe he's the backup to Jaden Gardner, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe that's a couple minutes a game here and there. Um, so, I mean, I think his role will definitely take some time to flesh out. I think with a lot of these international guys, it normally makes sense to allow at least two years for them to really get used to ACC basketball and this level of competition. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as what this means for us moving forward, you know, assuming Trey Murphy comes back, which is a bold assumption at this point, it seems yeah. like he's most likely leaving. Um, Virginia would have 11 scholarship players. So I would say most likely at this point, Virginia has 10 scholarship players on its roster right now, mm-hmm. which means it's probably a serviceable enough number um, but I would say it probably doesn't necessarily rule out any other last minute transfers if the right guy came along. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting spot to be in. You know, I think what we have done, at least in this cycle, is between the two transfers, Jaden Gardner and Amon Franklin, and now the late edition 2021 recruit and Igor Milicic, um, you know, they added players at positions of need and they still have kind of the full ability to recruit in 2022 just exactly as they planned which yeah. i think is a good place to be in yeah i i'm excited to i'm excited to see what he can do and and from all accounts he he seems like a hard worker and uh he's willing to put in the work to to get better from the isaiah wilkins interview he says that he's always the first one in the gym shooting uh he's one of the last to leave he's a he's a gym rat so uh got to get some meat on those bones uh, he'll he'll have his work cut out for him with um with uh, Virginia's fitness program and regiment that's seen so many players like think of Isaiah Wilkins uh, beefing up uh, to the size he was his senior year so it's incredible I I think at this point you know he's raw he's young and uh, he's gonna have to put in a lot of work to crack the rotation this next season but I'm excited to see what he can do and you know. I was saying this earlier to you, Rob, is that international prospects are so difficult to get a read on because one, there's not always a lot of film on them, right? Like there's probably, I've probably seen like a couple minutes of film and a lot of it's not like great film. It's not quality. It's sometimes hard to tell which one he is. Uh, the other, the other thing is that they don't play quite the competition they don't play the same competition necessarily as American high schoolers do or people who go to American high schools do. So like even though he is playing in a amateur professional league, a lot of times the not only are the rules going to be different, the style play is going to be different and also the types of players he's playing is different. So he's playing probably a lot against a lot of older guys um doesn't necessarily mean they're the same skill level as some people he's going to see in um, in the United States. So, you know, we'll see. We'll probably know in a couple of years whether it's going to work out or not. And But I'm excited to see what he can do. And from all accounts, it seems like he's ready to, to try his best. So I'm all in. I've bought in. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Always glad, always glad to welcome someone new to the team. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's intriguing. Like, the international guys, you know, like, I don't want to bucket him in necessarily the same category until he has a chance to prove himself. But, you know, as a whole, we haven't gotten a lot of hits out of kind of like the late edition international guys. Like, you know, Kafaro comes to mind. Maybe Kafaro proves us wrong this year, but he mm-hmm. struggled this past year. Um, you know, looking at Badoki, for example, um, you know, like was Jack Salt maybe the best of the international players to come through UVA? Yeah. Possibly. Um, so anyway, it'll be interesting to watch. I think what's a little bit different here is this guy is, you know, like you said, uh, Polish, like he's a pure Euro guy through and through, like not New Zealand, not Argentina. Um, I think this is our first kind of like real European guy mm-hmm. of the Tony Bennett era. So anyway, if nothing else, he's a case study, a guy to watch to see how it turns out. But, you know, in interesting, um, measurables, um, for sure. So we'll see, you know, if he can lock down his shot a bit more, he could be, you know, a matchup nightmare. Um, long way to go until we get to that point. But, you know, I'm just like you, excited to see how this one could play out. Yeah, and, you know, just excited to see how the rest of the, um, you know, roster plays out too. Our roster right now is pretty pretty even. We've got, for next year, we've got two freshmen, three sophomores, two juniors, three seniors. So uh, we have a lot of stuff to work with unclear really who's going to start right now um but i'm sure i'm sure milchus could get some could get some run if if needed be and yeah i'm i'm just looking forward to next season it's gonna be interesting to see what what we're gonna do next season with the team but i'm excited for it and rob is there anything else you want to talk about with uh basketball before we wrap it up no, I mean, the only note I'd end on on basketball is just, you know, again, like like we said a couple weeks ago, landing guys like Armand Franklin and Jaden Gardner mm-hmm. um, allows you to, like, be more flexible and take on a guy like Igor Milicic. Yeah. Like, we got two very good transfers coming in, two guys that'll contribute, if not start, right away, um, and allows, you know, a guy like Igor to come in and kind of wait in the wings, which is probably best for his development, so... Yeah. We got we we really did I feel like as best we could on the transfer front and mm-hmm. uh, yeah we'll see how this late edition recruit works out for us yeah so we'll, I mean I guess we'll figure out next season maybe we'll get a blue white scrimmage this year I don't know maybe yeah, I'd Tony, love it man I would love it too Tony never seemed really high on it though so I I guess we'll f- find out if that happens later in the year but besides that thank y'all for listening this has been the guys and ties podcast uh make sure to follow us on twitter at guys and ties pod make sure to follow us on instagram and snapchat for all the bonus content that rob puts out there at guys and ties pod go ahead and follow us on spotify or itunes uh, if you want to keep listening and we will see y'all next time go who's